We're speaking today with Rory Innes, head of cybersecurity for the Salamanca Group, a merchant banking and operational risk management business. At Salamanca, Rory leads a global team dedicated to protecting clients from the increasing threat of cyber attack. For this Tanager talk, we'll be focusing on strategies that high net worth individuals can take to make themselves and their families more cyber secure. So Rory, I'd like to start with this. How should we understand cybercrime as distinguished from other criminal activity? I think that's a really interesting question. I think when people look at cybercrime, they think a lot about technology and they think about it as a very complex area. Actually, the definition is very simple. Cybercrime is the use of the internet or computers to commit crime. Um, so relatively straightforward. And those crimes can really vary from something as simple as downloading music illegally online through right through to stealing money directly from online bank accounts. But it, it does include non-monetary crimes too. So making um, viruses and malicious software for use in um, cyber attacks. Um, or simply just taking sensitive information from a corporation or an individual and posting that online, for example. Um, a very common um, type of crime is identity fraud or identity theft, where a criminal will take a lot of identity information around an individual and use that for personal and financial gain. Okay. Well... How big is cybercrime and how fast is it growing? Very, very big um, is the answer. Um, the most recent stats that look at this at a global level show that the global cost of cybercrime um, was estimated in 2013 at around $445 billion. So a, a big amount of money um, as a result of cybercrime. In the UK, um, that figure was expected to be $11.4 billion, um, or 0.16% of GDP. So actually, a significant um, chunk of money for any economy, um, and a big chunk of money globally. It's estimated that 800 million individuals um, over the course of that year were directly affected by cybercrime. Um, so many individuals are directly affected and have um, a cybercrime committed. Um, the growth is quick, um, so in the last 12 months data breaches have risen over 62% um, and actually most importantly targeted attacks where cyber criminals don't just, put, um, don't just commit crimes in a generic way targeting as many people as possible, targeted attacks rose 91% against specific individuals, organisations or pieces of content. So the growth is pretty big too. Oh, okay. So who are these cyber criminals and how do they target high net worth individuals and their families? Yeah, good question. And the answer is quite varied because depending on the type of information that you're trying to protect and the type of individual and family that you are, the types of um, cyber criminals or threat actors, as we would call them, varies. So they can include internals. So it may be that other family members, um, other 
members of staff in your family office, maybe trusted advisors, lawyers, accountants. Um, and that may be malicious. It may be directly stealing money. Um, it may be taking information that can be used, but it may just be a mistake. A member of staff may publish a piece of information or share a piece of information by mistake. Um, journalists is very common. Um, so where um, journalists are looking for specific information about lifestyle, about finances, about um, relationships, alliances, you know, journalists looking for that confidential piece of information they can use as a story. Um, and we have seen instances of sustained attempts by journalists to follow and get information about certain individuals over a prolonged period of time. We see um, hacktivists too, um, which is a new term, but a hacktivist is a activist who protests online. So they make their statements and protest on the internet. And this is a very dangerous group, and a group that um, may take disagreement with political alignment, um, with financial affairs, with corporate tie-ups, and to make a statement, they will cause disruption, um, hack information, um, and take down networks. Nation states, so many individuals are actually um, feel they're under surveillance from nation states. They maybe have some intellectual property or confidential information that they, they want to keep private from certain nation states. Um, and you just have to read the headlines to hear about some of the active nation states like Russia, like China. Um, so actually nation states, very advanced threat actor um, and for many people a concern. Cyber criminals, um, this has changed a lot from the concept of you know, young teenagers in their basement with their computer, seeing what they can do and trying to hack organisations to prove a point. Actually, the trend is much more towards organised criminal gangs who are out there to make as much money as possible through cybercrime. And quite often these groups are directly linked to offline organised criminal gangs, essentially. Um, the, the last group I cover is probably competitors. Um, quite often there may be um, a business link for individuals and their families um, and there may be competitors who having some confidential information or some leverage about those individuals can bring back some commercial advantage. Um, so we do see some competitive hacking too. And, and why do those groups target individuals? Well. If you look at it from the point of view of an organized criminal gang making money, a, a wealthy individual will have a lot of money. Um, they will have a lot to lose in terms of their privacy and confidential information, in terms of their reputation and brand. Um, but generally, they have very, very little security in place because most of the time, the technology and the process surrounding them is focused on doing things quickly in usability rather than security. So actually, it is much more cost effective to try and steal that money from an individual or a family than it is to try and steal it from an organization who has compliance, who has security in place and a dedicated IT and security team. So the return on investment for criminals is much, much higher. It's really low-lying fruit. Yeah, yeah, hugely. And hugely. that that has definitely been the theme over the last 12 months with the increase in targeted attacks. Where can you target um, and get the best return and the lowest chance of getting caught? Mm -hmm. Okay. 
Um, tell us a little bit about the most common tactics that you see these cyber criminals use against wealthy individuals. Yeah, and I think there's broadly three things that they will attack when they're looking at a, a cyber breach of individuals. First of all, they'll look at the people themselves. So do they have to use technology at all? Or can they simply send that individual an email and ask for a piece of information and get that piece of information? Um, can they phone that person up or phone somebody up in the family office, pretend to be somebody they're not and trick somebody into giving them that information? Those techniques of targeting people is something called social engineering, um, which is a very, very popular way um, for information to be lost or for information to be gathered as part of a wider cyber attack. Um, obviously, the t on the technology side, actually direct hacking of technology. Um, now, that could be the computers, you know, laptops, PCs, Macs, it could be mobile devices. Um, many individuals and families will have a home media system um, they will have their own servers at home for mail servers um, and for storage all connected to the internet and can be tacked like any piece of technology that's connected online um, and then the process is an important aspect that's often overlooked so actually we see a lot of attacks where information has been gathered around the approval process in a family office so a spend will be approved by um, somebody in the family office up to £20,000 for example and then anything over that will have to be approved by a family member. So you see a lot of fake invoices for £19,999 so once that information is lost there's some risk around the process and approvals it's understood that can also create a lot of risk and we've seen families lose a lot of money with that exact, exact type of um, crime. In terms of how they actually um, attack, one, one area that is growing very quickly is ransom. Um, mm. Ransomware, malicious software um, built for ransom grew 300% over the last 12 months, so a huge increase in how that's being used. And really in two ways, hacking into an individual's computers and stealing a very personal piece of content or a very sensitive piece of content. and contacting that individual and saying give us a certain amount of money in a short space of time or we will release this piece of content online um, and that content is generally very personal and so there's actually quite a big dilemma when that email or phone call comes in the, the second piece of ransom that we've seen a lot of over the last um, 12 to 24 months is malicious software that is downloaded by the user um, quite often by mistake that encrypts everything on that computer. So if you think about all your photos, all your music, all your documents, everything completely encrypted and the only way to unencrypt it is to pay the criminal again a certain amount of money in a short space of time or you never have access to that content. So you can't go to the Apple store and just say sort this out please no unfortunately no unless you have good backup and you have stored that somewhere else which few people do um, the encryption keys are only known by the criminals so they have the secret code that unlocks that level of encryption now actually there was a, a big campaign of this about 12 months ago with a malicious piece of software called crypto locker 
where millions and millions of people globally had this happen to them and millions of businesses had it happen to them as well and a lot of money um, was paid as, ra as ransom um, as a direct result so it's, it's a real issue and some people think about high profile hacking but can be as simple as all of my family photos have been encrypted and I don't have access to them so it can be really personal and come home for individuals and families as well okay um so those are some pretty frightening risks um let's uh, talk about what are some of the pragmatic steps that high net worth individuals can take to protect themselves and their families yeah and i think this is the <clears throat> The great area to focus on because it is a bit of a scary world out there you know there are a lot of unknowns but also there are some very simple things that individuals and families can do to protect themselves and it's really important at this stage to understand that good cyber protection is not all about technology in fact cyber security quite often is over regarded as a technology domain most important is making sure that users are well educated, so individuals, staff in the family office um, and family members understand how they might be targeted, what to look out for and what to do if it happens. Um, and sometimes it's just as simple as making sure that your settings on social media are right and that gives you some level of protection and what to and what not to share online. But process also plays a part, as we've talked about, making sure there is good process around payments, making sure there is good process about how you handle confidential data and how you share the information that you have. Um, and technology obviously plays a role. But the first step that anyone should take is to sit down and have a think about what is the information that I am trying to protect. And that can vary, as we've talked about, from financial information, from identity information, photos, digital media like music, photos, files. So with some families, we're talking about the innocence of their children. So, you know, a, quite an interesting topic where you have a eight to 10 year old or maybe a teenager who is online um, and doesn't really understand the dangers of the internet. How can you protect that child against the content and cyber attacks online. So again, think about the things that are important to you in terms of how you engage online and what you want to protect. But also think about um, who you share that information with and who has access to it. So quite often there will be um, staff at home, staff in the family office, um, there will be senior advisors in the family who have access to a lot of information. Um, and maybe lawyers and accountants and other kind of third parties. So understanding where that data actually sits, who has access to it, and therefore looking at how do you put your own protection around that information, but how do the people around you make sure that they protect it and they understand what needs protected and what is confidential information. Um, I think once you have a good understanding of what you're trying to protect, what you really want to move on to is a review of the security surrounding um, that information. Now, a good review isn't particularly expensive. You know, for the equivalent of a first-class flight, um, you can have a professional, individual, and family cybersecurity review that will look at what you're trying to protect, where it is, what's the impact of its losses, 
um, take a look at who are the threat actors or cyber criminals who may target that information, what are the typical techniques that they use, and then look at the level of vulnerability you have across people, across process, across technology, and make some recommendations about how you can improve your cybersecurity posture and your family's cybersecurity posture. Um, and the answers will not always be you need to um, go and buy a bunch of technology and make your life very difficult um, because with individuals and families you're very much trying to keep usability high you know this is lifestyle technology use not corporate use so you're trying to strike that balance between usability and security um, however I think that if I was talking to an individual now you know I'd probably give them 10 tips that they could use right now to go and have a think about their security and what's in place. Great. Um, and I think number one is about passwords. Um, whenever we talk to people about passwords, they usually have one password. It's usually not very complex. And more often than not, it's very easy to guess. Um, and that's a big problem because quite often that password is the only thing separating the cyber criminals from that piece of content. So make sure your passwords are complex um, and it's a good idea to have different passwords for, for example, online banking um, and sensitive places online where you hold information yeah. and something that is maybe less sensitive like Facebook or Gmail or Hotmail, those kinds of services. Because if you are buying online and you're using a password for lots of accounts, if that is stolen and it matches your banking password, then you're probably in trouble at that point. Think of Target or... Yeah, a yeah. really good example where you know 70 million users had their username and password stolen. If you're a hacker who's got 70 million passwords and usernames, you try them against everything where you can steal money. And more often than not, they match, unfortunately, so they end up losing money directly. So don't use the same password for everything. Um, make sure generally it's eight characters. Um, or longer. You don't want to use words found in a dictionary. So hackers have a piece of software that just runs every dictionary words and combinations against passwords. So try and use something a bit more complex. And as much as possible, use a mix of letters, numbers, symbols, and other, and make it as complex as possible so it's harder to crack. And most importantly, don't write it down or share it with anyone else. So make sure that you have some good passwords that you can remember that you can use online. I think number two, and we touched on this earlier, is that make sure you back up your data. Um, because if you do have a cyber attack that encrypts all of your information, or you have a piece of malicious software that makes your laptop or PC unusable. If you have bought an external hard drive, for example, and you've backed up your data, and actually it's very easy to do nowadays, when you plug in an external hard drive, more often than not, it asks you, do you want to back up your data? Um, if you have that backup, and that happens to you where your data is encrypted, you can immediately just plug in your external hard drive and be back to roughly where you were. So you save yourself a lot of heartache and a lot of financial loss. Do your updates. Um, number three, and quite often um, people who are using Apple devices or um, Microsoft Windows devices, every so often an update will be offered. Those updates more often than not are fixing security holes. And when those updates are pushed to users or devices, it actually says here are the security holes that we are fixing in these updates. 
So the problem with that is that the hackers know what the security problems are at exactly the same time. So as soon as those are made public, the cyber criminals use them to try and hack devices. So the sooner you do your update, which is the fix for the security hole, the less, the less problems you're probably going to have protecting yourself. So do your updates as quickly as possible. I think number four, a common problem we see when we're working with individuals and families is that they actually have everything they need. You know, they have antivirus on their machines. They have settings and all of their online accounts for privacy and security, but none of it is used in the right way. Um, so few people have gone into their Facebook or their LinkedIn um, or their Gmail or Hotmail and set up their security settings. And there's a lot of stuff in there now in almost all online accounts where you can really increase your security just by clicking a few buttons. And most internet providers um, to the family home or homes will quite often provide free antivirus as part of the package. They'll also provide family protection where you can control what type of content can be seen from your home or by your children and you can limit internet access using that as well. So actually you probably have a lot of what you need, just make sure you understand it and you're turning it on and you're using it essentially. Um, I think tip number five is that use encryption functionality on laptops and, and computers. So if you have a Mac, um, for example, there is something called um, Data Vault, File Vault, where you can actually click a button and it will encrypt your hard drive, which means it will scramble your hard drive so nobody can read the information, and it will require a password to unlock. No, actually, you never really see any negative effects of that because in the background it encrypts it and when you log in it unencrypts it. But if a cyber criminal breaks into your house and steals that machine, um, then actually it's encrypted and they can't get access. So again, something that's generally included in all devices, but very few people switch on um, to make sure that it's there. Six, I think that we talked about antivirus before. Um, a lot of people have antivirus, but a lot of antivirus isn't set up to do what it should do. So when you put antivirus onto your machines, whether it's a mobile device, whether it's a laptop or a PC, you got to make sure it's set to scan um, on a regular basis, so it's actually going out and looking for malicious software. And take a note of what it is scheduled to do when it finds a piece of malicious software. Some, slightly bizarrely, are set just to log that they've seen a virus on the computer and don't actually alert the user or clean that malicious software off the device. So just make sure it's removing those and taking them off the machine. Um, be very careful of emails. Most of the time, we talked about phishing earlier, most of the time, cyber attacks, cyber crimes start with an email. An email that makes the user click on a link, um, makes them open an attachment, or makes them share personal or, or confidential information. And that will give the attacker either the information they need, or it will give them access to their machine because they've downloaded malicious software by clicking the link or, or opening the attachment. So email is something to be very careful of. Where you actually access the internet um, is very critical and actually there are hacker groups that are dedicated to attacking individuals and families when they are on the move. So they set up fake Wi-Fi hotspots at airport lounges, at 
hotels, at marinas, anywhere where people will be connecting and trying to get online. And all of the information that they are sharing online when they're using that fake Wi-Fi hotspot um, is shared with the attacker, essentially. And quite often the attacker has the ability to push some malicious software onto the device and then have ongoing control of that device. So make sure you're connected to trusting um, to trusted wireless networks. And there are various other security controls that you can take to make sure that that connection is secure. And, and, and if you look at a security review or get some cyber advice, someone will be able to give you lots of advice on that area. I think number nine, educate yourself and your family as much as possible. Um, and there are lots of resources out there to help individuals understand cybercrime. Um, so Get Safe Online is a big initiative in the UK. Um, and cyber, Get Cyber Streetwise is a government initiative that was kicked off relatively recently. Lots of facts and guides and understanding how they can protect themselves. And actually, quite often we will work with individuals and families to look at awareness training and education. And often we're brought in to talk to young children who are starting to come online. But actually, we spend as much time educating the parents um, about how to talk to children about online and some of the dangers and some of the security they can put in place, as well as the children themselves and how they need to think and act online. So spend the time learning about cybersecurity and make sure that's passed on to the rest of the family. And then the last thing that, that many people forget in the cyber world is you've got to think about physical access to those devices too. So if you have a um, computer at home that isn't password protected or members of staff know the password and they have physical access to the machine, then they have access to all of the information that is sitting on that computer. Um, or if you um, leave your laptop or your phone unattended in a pub, in a restaurant, in a hotel, and um, again, physical access means that cyber criminals can take advantage of that device. So I think lots of stuff there, but I think a lot of it quite pragmatic, a lot of it about maximizing what you have and just changing small behaviors to make it much, much more difficult for a cyber criminal to get the information you're trying to protect. Wow. Um, well, I feel better, uh, but the first thing I have to do is run home and implement your 10 tips and turn everything on that I already have. Um, Roy, we have learned so much today about um, what is cybercrime, the threat, and, and as you say, pragmatic things that we, we can do to, um, you know, keep ourselves safe and that good cyber, I learned today that good cyber protection is not just about technology. Um, and that was very helpful. So I want to thank you for being on Tanager Talks. Thank you.